Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Coming up this week, we're going to answer some of your questions posted on our DBC Fan Facebook page on this week's episode of The DBC Show. The DBC Show is brought to you by the DBC Store. For more than 25 years, the DBC Store has been helping people save money on Disney Vacation Club. Check out all their current resale listings at dvcstore.com or give them a call at one 800 550 6493. And by the DVC forums on disboards.com. Check out some of the great information on every aspect of DVC at disboards.com and join in the conversation. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show coming to you from the Bob Varley studio in Orlando, Florida. This is my fourth take trying to get this right. Okay, just going to say, I'm very happy I made it this far. Uh, I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, Miss Jackie Gailey. Hi, everybody. From the DBC store, Miss Jamie Carr. Hey. Our producer, Mr. Corey Fiescanaro. Hey, guys. And joining us via Skype, Mr. Pete Chidley. Hello, everyone. Well, welcome, folks. Hope your week is off to a good start. couple things in housekeeping uh, before we get into... The Q&A, uh, just to remind everybody to please go check out uh, the new blog that we've started, uh, dbcfan.com, and the DBC Fan Facebook group, which uh, is where these uh, questions have come from. Um, and uh, the group has gotten very, very active very, very quickly. Uh, got, you know, by the time this goes up, I think we'll be over 5,000 people in that group. Nice. A um, lot of engagement, a lot of great conversations going on. A lot of people really excited about being DBC members and a, a lot of new people, uh, new to the DBC world, uh, coming into the group. So, which I am one of them, really. Um, but, uh, but I've been on, you know, having to do this. I think I've gotten a, a crash course in, in DBC. So I'm trying to get, get, get as much information as possible but my god there's so much there really is there's so much and you really see it yeah you know, i i could have we, we could end up doing a three-hour show here on the questions that were asked on that on that group but let's jump in and uh you guys do not know which questions i have picked um and i'm also going to wonder if mr fiascanaro back there may have a question or two of his own as a new dvc member so we'll let him be thinking about that but I intentionally didn't tell you guys which questions I picked because I want that one or more spontaneous response. Makes it fun that um, way. <clears throat> so we'll start with Melissa, who asked two questions. Um, number one, what is the smartest way to go when buying resale when you already own a direct contract? Is it better to add more points where you own or buy somewhere else and combine them to book at seven months? That's a really popular question. So there's two ways to answer that. My first question to Melissa would be, do you book over seven months in advance? And do you have a second resort that you would want as a home resort? And if the question is yes, then you buy at that resort. If the question or the answer to that is no, then you're buying based on value. So at that point, if you're going to be using those points consistently under seven months, uh, then you want to buy based on value. And, but even there, though, buying based on value, you know, a lot of people um, may get caught up with Vero Beach or Hilton Head because those points are so much less expensive, but not factor in the maintenance fees 
on those, which are extraordinary. I mean, they're they very are. high. They are. <clears throat> so overall value um, would be a little more specific. So currently best overall value would be Saratoga Springs. Saratoga Springs. Right. Years left on the contract, lowest annual dues currently of any DVC resort, and lower purchase price. So all things considered, if we're looking at it as a whole, it would be Saratoga. Uh, Hilton Head and Vero have their own advantages, which could probably be a different show because um, they are difficult to get into under seven months in certain cases. If you want a beach cottage, it's nearly impossible. Um, and we've done the math. Really, if you're going to own this for less than eight years, which most people are not, but if you really feel like you have you know, one to eight more vacations with Disney, then they're not the worst way to go either. So uh, it really depends on how you, the longevity and how you think uh, you're going to use it. So you think buying at Vero Beach, if you're not planning to use it for more than eight years, is a good idea? We've done the math on it, and it really depends on how many points you buy. Because of course, the more points you buy, the higher your annual cost is going to go. But there's a there's a sweet spot somewhere between you, typically year eight and ten where you've washed out your savings on per point cost uh, and spent more in dues. So it's not the worst value. Uh, it's only the worst value if you're going long term. Okay. Okay, that's interesting. Um, and then she also asked, "What our thoughts are on the resale value of Riviera?" This is a really Popular now. I mean, and to be honest, the the question is nobody knows yet because you know we're not even close to a contract. We're not going to start seeing the first Riviera contracts until next year. Um, I don't think anybody's gonna anybody's gonna buy one and then put it on the resale market before the resort even opens. Do you think you typically get um, one to two listings for a resort in the first few months before the re- resorts open? Probably not. Unless you just have somebody that got into it and really realized that they just couldn't afford it and they have to find a faster way out. Um, But no, you're typically not because you're going to lose money doing that. Um, Normally, you'll see a couple of listings within the first six months. Um, and then, and so if you're pre-sale, it might be before the resorts open. Uh, it's really nine to eighteen months to see any kind of steady inventory, and that question's the million-dollar question. So I've been with the with the timeshare store for many many openings, and that question gets asked every time. Well, a, this is unusual <laughs> in that you know Riviera has is the first resort with built-in resale restrictions. So if you buy direct at Riviera and then put that on the market. The person who buys it can only use those points at Riviera. They can't use them at any of the other 14 currently uh, currently existing DVC properties. So if you buy a Riviera resale contract and you get 200 points, that's the only place you're going to be able to use those 200 points. You will not be able to use them at any of the other ones. So you just threw a wrench in it. Because every other time, of course, that wasn't that restriction. So right. that's yeah. what's going to make it difficult to value um, normally, when someone asks that question, taking the, the resale aspect out of it, uh, what you just described, normally there's no ceiling. So uh, the first owner, second owner, the third owner can put it up at whatever they want. And let's see what the market's going to bear. And it's typically going to bear relative to Disney slightly less, especially if you're talking about a small point contract like twenty five fifty, and somebody just wants a small number. Those will bear very relative cost. As more comes on the market, like supply and demand with any product on the market, as more comes out, the prices are going to equalize. Uh, but Riviera is going to be, uh, it's a really good question, but very difficult to answer because of the fact that whoever buys it's only going to be able to stay at that resort. Pete, I'm yeah. going to throw this over to you. What do you think the first Riviera resale contracts are going to look like? Well, and I think the trick here also is the first, um, the first contracts coming out are probably going to stay fairly high. I mean, you're, you're 
as you pointed out, it's going to be a whole different dynamic, but you're still going to get what's the popularity of the resort itself. Because there's going to be people that are going to say, hey, I love the Riviera. That's where I want to stay. I'll buy that contract. Um, when I think when they and I think this is a general rule when they first come out and there's not many of them out there, it'll stay fairly high. I think long term and by long term, I mean three or four years when the resort starts to sell out and everything. I think it'll settle lower because of that restriction, because there'll be people that want that option to move into other resorts. I know that's me. Um, so I suspect it'll it, I don't think it'll be the lowest because you're still going to have people that are going to like that location. It's, I think it's going to be very popular with the gondolas, uh, with the Skyliner. You're going to see a lot of people that, you know, five minutes to, to the Epcot International Gateway and maybe 10, 15 minutes to um, Hollywood Studios. It's going to be very, it's going to be very popular. But my, my guess is it'll settle less than, say, the Poly or the Grand Floridian uh, you know more, but a little, maybe a little bit more than than say Animal Kingdom and, and Saratoga Springs. I think that's where it's going to end up. You think so, Jackie? That's what I was kind of thinking too, because I feel like with the with the Skyliner, I feel like they're going to sort of treat that as almost the same as being on the monorail line, but not quite, not quite. I mean, you'll have access to two parks with the gondolas, so. Because for for a while I was thinking that with that restriction it it might make the value on it a bit lower because of the restriction and and not being able to use it everywhere, but the gondolas are going to make a difference in that and I I think that I think it'll I think I agree with what Pete's saying because I think it's going to be somewhere between Saratoga and then the higher the real higher ones right so fiasco. So my question is, how low could this really go? Um, He's having to adjust his his volume. <laughs> hello, 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 hello. Okay. Um, my my question is, how low could this really go before Disney just takes it back with right of first refusal? The Riviera. Conference? Well, they usually don't take them back on right of first refusal as long as it's still actively selling. Um, so uh, as long as Riviera is still selling direct, uh, they're not gonna they're not gonna take any of those contracts back. But okay, I I think this is gonna go one of two ways. The resale restrictions are going to be an absolute disaster, and Riviera is gonna end up hovering somewhere around ninety dollars a point on the resale market, um, or it's going they are going to open a true luxury not deluxe because that's not going to be good enough a true luxury resort and it becomes the must have property in the portfolio and then i think you are going to see it rivaling poly and grand floridian in its resale prices um that also assumes that Disney doesn't make any changes to the resale policy. And I'm just going to say this because it's not, I don't have it on great authority, but some of the rumblings I'm hearing from inside there is that this isn't selling well. This is not selling well. And the reason it's not selling well 
are the resale restrictions. They are not getting buy-in from existing members because the reason a lot of people feel comfortable paying a lot more for a timeshare than they would get, they would pay anywhere else is because they know the resale market is healthy and that if for some reason they need to change, they need like their, their life circumstances change and they need to resell these, that they're going to recoup at least some of the money. I would never suggest to anybody that you go into a resale contract as a way to make money. Would never suggest that. <clears throat> but if you can vacation on it for 10 years and sell it and get back 70, 80, maybe even 100% of what you paid for it, then you just vacation basically for the price of your dues. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a pretty good deal. Yeah. Um, so that is one of those things that says to people, okay, you know what? I feel more comfortable taking this risk because mm-hmm. it's a risk. We're not talking mm-hmm. about buying a a, a, a $3,000 cruise here. We're talking about a fifteen, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 real estate interest. That's so right. knowing that there is a resale market for it, you're not going to buy a house for $500,000 if you're fairly certain that when it comes time to sell it, you're going to get 200000 for it. And you're not going to do that. That's right. And I can speak from my perspective as somebody who was going in to buy DVC and was actually considering... I was going there to buy Riviera originally when I first did my tour. I was pretty set on that. And then after the tour, I was more leaning towards Copper Creek. And then talking to the agent more and more, there were really three reasons why I steered away from Riviera and went to Copper Creek. The first reason was that resale restriction, because not that I want to sell my contract or sell my points or anything like that, but I would just like to know that what I was buying was maintaining a good value. And because of the uncertainty of that, that steered me away. The other thing that steered me away was that I wouldn't even, my points weren't even, wouldn't even be good till later in the year. So right. I, if you bought them now, they're not good until the resort opens. Right. Exactly. So that kind of made me be like, oh, well, I, I don't have that immediate gratification of going to stay somewhere, you know, right away too. And then the third thing was, I was really looking forward to getting my name etched somewhere on the resort. You know, if they were doing the name etchings like they did at Bay Lake, I might have, I might have said, oh, forget the other two things that are steering me away. Let's let's go with Riviera. But because because they weren't immortal, immortalizing me in, on Disney property. It's amazing how many people bought Bay Lake just so they could get on the fountain. Oh yeah. Yeah, I believe that. And, and what, what what Jamie's talking about is uh, the uh, the charter owners, the first people to buy in to Bay Lake, got a plaque, a small plaque, around the fountain in the courtyard, um, which was really really cool. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you want to, you know, I, I under I understand that, um, but I wonder if um, I, I I wonder if Disney is not either, either going to relax the resale restrictions on Riviera or eliminate them altogether because I think they may be rethinking it. They might they, have to. Yeah. I think they're going to have to. Mm-hmm. Pete? You know, going, going on the boards, I think you, you're seeing that. There's a lot of people on there that are not happy with those resale restrictions and won't buy there because of that. Now, there's still some people that are buying anyways and saying, well, I don't care about selling. You know, I'm buying this for me. I don't need to worry about selling. But a lot of people, and, and myself included, I would be hesitant to buy there because of that. But I also wonder if a little bit of the problem there with their sales is that the resort's not open. 
So you're you're investing all this money in something you haven't really seen. I mean, you can go and look at the rooms, but that's not the that's not the resort. You're not in the room 24 hours a day. You know, you want to know what's the restaurant's going to be like, what's the pool going to be like. Well, how has it been for them in the past when they've you so know pre-sold? I, I was going to add to that. It, it, my experience, I've been there, uh, you know, long enough to pretty much see. Uh, bunch of new resorts open and typically when a new resort is announced we get flooded with calls of people that are going to sell their existing contract and rebuy it's just known it happens for every resort you know animal kingdom bay lake tower grand floridian polynesian you get a flood of calls people say i want to own i want to sell go ahead and position myself to sell my resale once i close on the other one or before i close on the other we're not getting that this time we're we're not we're not getting people wow calling and saying that they're going to sell to buy riviera i don't think i've personally taken one call and consistently as a whole i think the office has discussed that we're not getting those calls and we've gotten them we've gotten a lot of them for every resort that's open and it's just not happening this time wow but you also got the case that this is a brand new resort in a brand new location if you think back the last four at least maybe five resorts that have opened have been an existing location. If I'm buying at the Grand Floridian, I don't need to see what that DVC resort looks like. That resort already exists. I've, I can True. go there, I can visit, I can That's see what it's very like. Very good point, very good point. Yeah. Uh, you know, even Copper Creek, right? They, they converted rooms. So you knew what you were getting into. You, you knew what you were gonna have from a resort perspective. Here we don't. Well, I guess the question that could be asked, and did you see that when Alani was announced? We did. I wouldn't say to the degree that we saw Polynesia and Grand Floridian, Animal Kingdom, uh, but we did. We did from a lot of, uh, we also saw a huge uptick, obviously, in non-owners that were West Coast based because other than Grand Californian, they didn't have a lot of options other than coming to Walt Disney. So yeah, we did see it more with Alani than we've seen with Riviera. Okay. But like we, so we know a lot of things about the resort though so far like i'm trying to really figure out what disney what is in it for them making this restriction like legitimately like because we know there's going to be character dining we know the pool looks fabulous we've seen renderings of it we know that they're when they build it in real life it looks pretty darn similar to the renderings right so there's going to be a lot of different you're going to be able to see fireworks from not only Epcot, but Hollywood Studios as well from some of these rooms. So, you know, plus, like we talked about a few minutes ago, the Skyliner is pretty fabulous. It seems like that's going to be a really great way to just, you know, um, I just don't understand. Usually you can figure out what's in it for Disney and it's always money, right? So, with this particular restriction, I can't seem to figure out what exactly it is that they are thinking that they're benefiting by putting this restriction out there. I think they're under the impression that if they put the squeeze on the resale market, more people will buy direct. I don't think they're seeing that. I don't. Yeah. They're not. And I think what they forget is that people are always going to need to sell. So if you talk yeah. about the top reasons that people sell, it's financial, it's divorce, it's death. Unfortunately, all three of those terrible things and terrible reasons to sell. But when you buy a contract five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, you don't have any idea what the future holds. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. And I think that there was always that safety net, as you said, even if you bought through Disney, you had an opportunity 
to sell if needed. And I think that Disney's just really missing the mark to think that people aren't going to need to sell. They think it's a want to sell. And the majority of people that we speak to, it's not a want to sell. They're coming. They've sold everything else that they can sell. They've done everything else that they need to do. And they're, this now is the last this. thing. Yeah. Right. So you can't control that. And I think that's the mark Disney's missing is that there's always going to be people that need to get out of the contract for one reason or another. And <laughs> I think Disney wants to create an environment where they can buy these points back very cheaply. Because you can sell your contract to Disney. You're going to get a fraction of what you're going to get on the resale market. And the interesting part is that only Disney buying it from you directly only started a few years ago. Previous to the last couple of years, if you contacted them, they referred you to a resale broker. They mailed you information in the mail to contact the timeshare store to list your points. And uh, the option to sell to them directly is only something they've come up in the last oh, couple really? of years. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. There was never an opportunity to sell to them previous to the last few years. I didn't think so. I no. didn't think I had ever heard of that before. They, it wasn't existent. They it would refer sense. out. Wow. I mean, it makes sense. But, yeah, see, I it, it's really I, – I find – I find it really fascinating to try to sort of figure out what they're thinking. And and I can usually kind of figure it out. But this one has me a little like I, it, it, this definitely feels like something part of a larger plan it, on their part. Yeah. But I wonder if they're not re, rethinking it. All right. Yeah. Um, I want to um, this question. Uh, my friend Kyle Miyamoto, who I owe lunch to. Um, uh, I have 320 points, 260-point contracts at the Grand Californian that he got for, wait for it, $90 a point. I have never used points at the Grand Californian, so the 11-month window doesn't apply to me. Would it be worthwhile? Yes. Yes. <laughs> to <laughs> sell? Be, Is that what he's asking? Would it be worthwhile to sell those points and rebuy resale and end up with cash. I don't know about extra the extra fees. I can't yell louder than Pete with a yes. I mean, uh, I remember the days when they sold for that. I, I was there at the inception of Grand California and resales. Um, and there's some people that got in in the 80s per point oh. resale. So the, the demand didn't go up until Disney was done selling it. So the demand spiked hugely when Grand Californian was done being sold through Disney. Uh, the only place you could get it was the resale market. So we saw a huge jump. And obviously now they're they're hovering right around 180 to 200 a point. Um, I, we don't know how long this market's going to sustain. I mean, if you had asked me three years ago, would someone pay $200 for Grand Californian? I would have said, no, the market's not going to bear that. I, we didn't think it was. But it is. And it is. And for a 160, uh, 200 is, is not out of the, the mark. And if you are if you rebuy, if you bought rebought at a monorail resort, so let's talk, you know, higher numbers, you're still rebuying, you know, probably in the 130s, maybe 120s, maybe 140, depending on what you get. Even with all things considered, commissions paid and costs to transfer and things like that, you're still putting enough money in your pocket to go and enjoy that on another Disney vacation. So yeah. I would 100 percent yes, absolutely. If you're if you're not using the 11 month booking priority, sell it while the market. Because again, who knows how long this market's going to sustain? And the only fees uh, for somebody selling is the commission, which is eight and a half percent. Eight and a half percent and 150 dollars transfer estoppel fee for Disney, which is a financial report. Uh, buyer pays all closing costs. Buyer pays annual dues on uh, active points for the year. So that's it. If you don't have a mortgage, it's really 8.5% and, and $150. So sell it, 
take that money, take that money and go on a nice Disney vacation and make somebody else who wants two people that want 160 points at Grand California and extremely happy. Mm-hmm. They'd be gone. They don't even think about it, Kyle. They'd be gone in a matter of days. So. Uh, yeah, that, those contracts, <laughs> I, I, yeah. They'd yeah, be, I, I'd probably buy one of them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. if you want to give it to me, I'll, 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 I'll give you $100 a point for it. I mean, I'll be, I'll be good. You know, you'll make ten dollars. You'll buy him two lunches. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, Tough but fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. I'm, I'm a giver. I'm, I'm a giver. I'm here for you guys. Um, all right. Uh, Kelsey Hopkins asks for new young. She puts in quotes, meaning under thirty. DVC members. There's only one of them in the room right now. Uh, what would be the most logical location to buy and get the best value and time span? So, Mr. Fiascanaro, being the resident millennial DBC member, where do you think the best, or the most logical location to buy to get the best value and time span? So, I was just going through this whole process very recently, obviously, and like we were just talking about earlier, there was Vero Beach, and. While Vero Beach is very uh, appealing because of the low price per point, the the annual fees are are higher than than the other places. So in, in my mind, whether, whether you get a ten year plan or a five year plan, or you do what I'm going to do and pay my first contract off very aggressively within the first year, uh, I don't I don't see that really being unless you want to go to Vero Beach. If you want to go to Vero Beach, that's one thing for me. I don't plan on going anytime soon or at all in an 11-month window for that matter. So for me, because I want to get that contract paid off, the maintenance fees kind of turn me away there. So then we're left with you know the other options. We have Old Key West, we have Saratoga Springs, we got Copper Creek, we got Riviera. Um, those are the other ones that were kind of floating in my brain too. Old Key West kind of, um, well, for resale specifically, Old Key West kind of made me not so interested because of the lower time left on its on its contract and what I was really looking at was Saratoga Springs and Copper Creek what it really came down to I ultimately decided to go with Copper Creek because it hit on a lot of uh, on a lot of the points uh, it's a place that I would definitely want to stay it's a place that if I was to book in advance in an 11 month window or maybe 10 months out uh, it's probably the place I'd want to go for like if I was planning a big family vacation or some, something of that nature. Um, but if I were to sit back and say, okay, what do I think the best value would be if you were you know, a millennial like myself just trying to get the best bang for your buck, uh, I came to the conclusion that it was Saratoga. I mean, unless the 11 month window really matters to you and you're planning on booking on that window, um, if that doesn't matter to you, the best bang for your buck is, is ultimately going to be Saratoga because of uh, what it comes down to is the, the price per point for that resort. Uh, you're going to be able to use that at any Walt Disney World property in the seven-month window. Uh, and then the, the maintenance fees are relatively low. So all things considered, um, yeah, that would probably have to be be the one. But it does bear, it, it, it does bear reiterating because... I see this mentioned a lot on our, on Facebook. I see it mentioned a lot on the boards. Buy where you want to stay. Buy where you want to stay. Um, and that I, that was the one thing I did listen to. Um, 
you know, that's one, it's 100%. That's the first thing I start with. When someone asks me that I immediately say, but my follow-up question to that is, are you going to book over seven months? If 90% of the time, the answer is no. If you're not going to change your vacation habit, then you don't need to buy where you want to stay. Well, the only reason, the only reason for me, the one time I'm willing to book the 11 month window, New Year's Eve. So I made sure I had contracts at every resort I would want to stay at on New Year's Eve. Beach Club, Boardwalk, and Bay Lake Tower. Yeah. Um, that they're where I want to be on New Year's Eve. So on, for those, I, that's the only time I really want the 11-month window. Although I'm finding out now that it might be more advantageous, too, for me to have the 11-month window for certain members of my family who like to travel in the fall that I need to get rooms for uh, because October, November, December, forget about it. Yep. Very hard to book. Mm-hmm. Very Even at Saratoga. Yeah. Even at Saratoga. Very hard to book. DBC members like to come in the fall. Um, so that's been... Uh, but but buy where you want to stay if you'll book in advance. I mean, that's the... the like you said, you would change your habit for New Year's you would do that. So yes, 100%. But if someone's adamant to me that they, their life just doesn't follow that path, then why would you spend $140 to own Grand Floridian? Great that you own there, but you're not going to get any more leeway with Disney when you're calling six months in advance than right. someone that paid $100 for Saratoga. So the key is you either have to change your travel habits and book over seven months, which you really should be doing anyways, because that's how you get in. Or you have to kind of go with Saratoga. So to answer her question, I would say two. And I'm not not to make a generalization, but she asked about young. So I'll, I'll answer it that way. I don't think she could go wrong with Saratoga. If you're at Disney Springs and the transportation has stopped, you can walk back. I've done it many times. So it's a great location for being close to doing a lot of more nightlife type mm-hmm. of things versus the parks. I like Saratoga. I know you could, there's all sorts of threads on the boards about Saratoga. Mm-hmm. I love it. It'd be, different people have different opinions. But value-wise would be Saratoga. A very close second would be Animal Kingdom. The only reason I would follow that up with a but is that it does have higher dues. Uh, but if Saratoga wasn't your preference, if you needed to book at 11 months, then Animal Kingdom gives you a nice opportunity to book at 11 months. So that would be my secondary follow-up for her. And, and I want to give a, give a shout-out for that I think is kind of a hidden value is Bay Lake Tower. And the reason I say that is even though the points aren't cheap there, you have, number one, you have very long contract life for it. Mm-hmm. But also you have to look at they have um, the standard view rooms, which are lower, lower point cost. And those rooms are very hard to get into at the seven month. But if you own there, you can get into those lower point rooms. So one thing people tend to, ne- to neglect when they look at value is, how much? How many points per night does do things cost? It isn't just how much the points cost; it's how many points you got to use. How many points do you have at, to use? Yeah. At Bay Lake, if you want to get some value there, you own those points. You can use them to book the standard view rooms, and now you're paying a lot less money per night than you would be at, say, the Poly or the Grand Floridian, which have a much higher uh, point per night cost. Okay, well, let's yeah. follow this discussion up with another question by David Erridge. Um, how much emphasis should be placed on 2042 resorts, those resorts that where the contracts expire in 2042? These are the originals that were open back in the 90s. Um, 
if you're buying in the next couple of years, how much emphasis should be put on 2042? I'm in my 50s, but would like to pass on contracts to my kids. Well, I can speak from my perspective. I didn't care about it. Um, I don't have children. And unless something extraordinary happens, I don't think I'm going to. Um, and I'm 54. So 23 years from now, I'll be 77. Uh, I don't know how worried I am about that. But the other thing I know, I'm certain that at some point, Disney's going to turn around and say, hey, listen, give us another $10 a point or another $15 a point, and we'll extend the, li- the life of your contract. There's no way. They're just going to let these expire in 2042. Well, they've already done that. They did that they, with they did it with Old Key, Old West, Key West in 2007. So they offered an extension. If you reacted within a certain period of time, it was $15 a point uh, to take it. So that was 2007. Took it out to 2057. Uh, and if you reacted after that time, I believe it was $25 a point. So if you want to get more into that, the rumor was in 2007 uh, that they were going to extend all 2042 resorts, excluding Hilton Head and Vero. So they weren't going to do Hilton Head and Vero. Uh, but it didn't go over as well as they originally hoped, and the rumor died very quickly. So I'm with Pete that at some point it's been one of the most successful business ventures they've ever done for the Vacation Club, and I'm certain that it would make sense to do it. I think they just did it too far in advance when they originally did it. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I think that's probably what they're waiting for because right. at some point. But now I can understand it from Fiasco's standpoint that, you know, here's 27, 28? Uh, I'm 28, about to be 29 in October. But, yeah, for me it was kind of a big deal. It, it was a major determining factor in, in what I bought and what I wanted. Um, because, yeah, like if, if, if 20 years versus, you know, 40 years or more, it's a that makes a big difference to me and like not only just for me but like it, i think it's just it's comforting that you know you own this this piece of property and you know having a large chunk of time on it versus not having a large chunk of time on it i don't know that matters a lot to me and i think that matters a lot to the not not just the value of it but the value of it to me Sure, because if you guys have, you have a lot of time. If you guys have kids, you guys have, you know, I think it depends. Like, I didn't even really, I saw the big far away year when we bought. And I was like, "Eh, that's a long time from now. I'm good. And to answer his specific question, I mean, I think this is kind of what I tell people every day. If you want to be a beach club. You have to you have to not worry about the years. That's the reality. If you don't own there, you're not getting in there uh, under seven months. So, I bought at Wilderness. Yes, I bought no seven, so there was a longer lifespan. But it wouldn't have mattered to me if there was five years or there was fifty years. I wanted to know that every year when I went to book that resort, I had the first opportunity, and that's how I was going to stay there. So, if you're in the mindset of a particular resort that expires in forty two, you have to let the years go. You just have to because. That's the only way you're going to be certain. So my the best comparison I can make is I would have rather known I was going to get to stay at Wilderness Lodge for the next 20 years than to have extra years on a contract, but I couldn't stay at the resort I was most interested in. So mm-hmm. you have to make a hard personal decision. Some people, the years matter. Some don't. In his case, if you have a particular resort, I wouldn't even put age into it. If you have a particular resort and it expires in 42 and it's not Old Key West, which is typically easier to get at seven months, then you have to kind of forget the years and just know that you're going to have all those great years at that resort. Yeah, I, I agree with what Jamie's saying. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the, the one thing is that you do have to remember that that value on that contract is pretty much going to go to zero by 2042, right? If you're, if you're thinking about, I'm going to sell this contract in, you know, when my kids get old enough, uh, I'm not going to want to keep going to Disney. I'm going to sell the contract in 15, 20 years. Well, in, in, you know, 2039, that, that boardwalk contract is going to have three years left on it. You're not getting $140 a point for it. No. (laughs) Three years left. You're getting $20 a point. So that's the one thing to remember. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just don't think I, I don't know. I, I they'll come up with something where they're gonna extend these contracts. But, they will. They're still, right. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. They'll they're gonna extend it, but that's still not gonna leave you value in the in the contract for resale necessarily. All right, one final question. Um, didn't even get to all the ones I had here. We got a lot of discussion out of these. From Chris Alsop. Uh, what are the advantages? Of buying DVC instead of renting points for people who usually stay at Pop Century or Art of Animation. Um, I'll give my initial response to this. Um, I mean, generally, the, the conventional wisdom is that if you generally stay at value resorts or even moderates, you know, DVC com- you know, comparatively may not be worth, I mean, you'll spend more. But and this was something Jerry said in one of our first shows that really just stuck with me. That when I stay at a hotel, I'm giving them, let's say I'm paying them $1,500 for the week to stay in that room, right? Let's say $200 a night. Let's go for All-Stars and let's say 150 a night. So I'm giving them what? Uh, that little over $1,000. Well, once that week is over, that 1000 is gone. I, I I just I'm not getting anything back for that. I'm just getting that. Yet what I'm paying for DVC, that regenerates every year. So again, if you know, and and I'll use Fiasco as a, a an example. Only ever stayed at the Values, right? Just had his first day as a DVC member at Boardwalk. And what did you say to me sitting in the office earlier about that? Well, yeah, the boardwalk was way nicer than All-Stars or anything that I've ever previously stayed at on Disney property, with the exception, I mean, I studied at Wilderness Lodge, but I was about 12. Um, what did I say in the office? Well, you were there? saying that this was by far the nicest resort I've ever stayed in. And don't you consider, is there value in that for you versus staying in, because you are now a DBC member, you're paying for those points. Oh, without a doubt. And also what I'd like to add is when you, the way I see it and the way I consider it is once you really break it down, if this is something that you want to do long term, I would even go to far, as far as saying as the people who stayed at the All-Stars every year, this is, this is for them too. I mean, because that's who I was. I was somebody who came down here two to three times a year before I moved and we would always stay at the All-Stars to be able to do more trips. But if you're that kind of person too, in the long run, you're, it's, still, it's still going to eventually pay for itself. If you're somebody who plans on doing vacations like this every year, every two years, I see it still paying for itself even if you are somebody who stays at All-Star. That's how the math kind of worked out to me. Um, but yeah, I, it's, it's, a, it's a big step up being able to stay at the boardwalk and have you know my own little kitchen area even in a deluxe studio that deluxe studio is very spacious and i i still love all-star 
like I've never really had a problem and I felt like when I stayed at All Star before like I felt good about paying the price I paid for it the way I the way I described it was it's the best hotel in the area at that price point that's how I felt about right. that but still huge step up staying at Boardwalk having your own kitchen area and everything like that right, and Jamie I'm imagining you get this question a lot I do I'll, I'll look at it from the financial perspective so <laughs> typically DVC the initial purchase price is going to be a four to eight vacation return. You're not going to see an initial return in one vacation. So if someone calls me and says, I'm planning a huge vacation, I don't want to put $5,000 into accommodations. I'd rather put it into a DVC. That makes sense. But my next question is, is this the only vacation you're taking? Have you not been to Disney in five years? How often are you going to go? So four to eight vacations before you've paid for the property. And that's typically via resale. Then you just have your dues. And as we know, like let's say dues on an average are a thousand to, you know, say 1500 a year. That's two nights in a studio at Bailey Tower paying cash, maybe. Oh, maybe. but it's also take a look. I, you know, something else Jerry had mentioned. Um, take a look at what you're paying in resort fees mm-hmm. when you stay at a resort uh, at any of these hotels paying cash. You're paying resort fees, and depending on how often you're there, that's either a big chunk or all of your annual dues because you're mm-hmm. not getting you're not paying those resort fees when you stay on points. Correct. Right. So, you know, if you're going, so the the break even for someone staying at a value is going to be longer than someone staying at a moderate than someone staying at a deluxe. So to answer her question easily, your break even is going to be much longer. You're going to have to keep the, keep the ownership and use it. So you need to know that, um, that 48 vacations really might be, you know, eight to 12 vacations. And just because you're saying it fast, four to eight vacations, not 48. <laughs> yes, yeah, sorry, four and then the number eight. Because I had so. to stop. I had to stop for a second. Like, is she saying I have to take 48 vacations on a contract before I get my, 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 my <laughs> Yes, get back? out there. No, four, between four and eight actual vacations. And then you're just paying your dues. You've paid for the, the cost of the ownership uh, at that point. The other thing that's... Um, that you have to do to look at is this is apples and oranges. So you can't compare an apple to an orange. So, you know, you're talking about a value, even a moderate, um, you know, you're getting, as fiasco said, you're getting a kitchenette, uh, in a one bedroom, you're getting a full kitchen, you're getting a washer dryer. Um, you feel more like you're at home. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's not the typical hotel feel. You feel like it's your space. Um, so I think that it's hard to make an even dollar comparison when they're completely different accommodations. Um, but easy enough four to eight of those vacations. So your, your, her break, even if it's one trip a year, her break even may go into 10 or 12 years. But at that point, you own it. You couldn't stay in one of these resorts, really any resort, for those costs. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and for me, I can speak for those folks that before I bought into DVC, we only stayed at values or moderates, mostly moderates, but we stayed some sometimes at some pop century. And um, quite honestly, you know, I, I did the calculations, and it would have been a pretty long, long time to break even on the uh, on the values. The moderates, it was something like seven to nine years break even. But once I bought in and I actually stayed at the resorts, it's just it just took my vacation through the roof. I mean, the 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 it's they're so nice and honestly, at this point, I think it I I actually saved money faster than I would have uh, you know having having continued to stay at moderates because I mean we're getting you know. Our rates and rooms are much, much less than what we would be paying at a moderate with DVC. Um, that's buying resale, of course. Uh, if you buy direct, it's going to be a lot longer break-even period. Yeah. 
but uh, it's you know it's really up to the individual. But if you think you're going to continue to come for 20 years, there's a lot of value there. Most Agreed. definitely. Yeah, like we, I remember when we were talking about that, and I was, I think I was sharing that we, when we first vacationed as a family all together, we spent, so we stayed at the Disneyland Hotel in two separate rooms, and it was like, somewhere in the neighborhood of five or six thousand dollars for the week that we were there just for accommodations and then when we ventured out here to disney world we got a two-bedroom villa at old key west and it was again it was you know five to six thousand dollars maybe even seven or eight Mm. and so when we got back home from that vacation that was a huge chunk of money and you didn't have anything. I mean, of course, you have your wonderful memories. You had a great time. You had, but, but when I started looking at resale contracts, when they, when I really started doing it, was when they started to redo the tree houses at Saratoga Springs because that what that was what really got my that started to float my boat because we had had a vacation at Old Key West. So, anyways, it was that. It depends on. It depends on how often you vacation and, and how much you're spending and where, you you know. Exactly. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that's going to do it for this round yeah. of Q&As because that went longer than I thought it was going to. Um, but we'll be sure to do this again uh, in the coming months. So that is going to do it for this episode. Hope you enjoyed it. And we'll be back with you again next week with another edition of the DVC Show. <laughs>